Hello and welcome to the Work of All Being podcast. I'm Amy from The Wellness Strategy and I'm your host and sometimes just the person you're going to listen to talk. We have a range of episodes. If you haven't already dived into those, please go ahead and do so. But what this podcast really is about is giving you insights into different things that support well-being that perhaps we don't always think of. We have a range of guests who are going to broaden our understanding and experience on what well-being actually looks like, especially in the workplace. And I too will be sharing with you tips, insights, strategies, and just my overall thinking and ramblings. So hang out with us as much as you can, learn as much as you can. And if there's anything you want me to speak of or a guest you want me to interview, absolutely let me know because this is the work of well-being, which means all of us are here together to do the work that matters most so you can have a thriving, fulfilling life both in and out of the workplace. Hello, wonderful people. How are you? Welcome back to another podcast episode of the work of well-being. I was actually just talking to a school leader and they said, you know what, I love that you talk about the work of well-being and that it's work. And isn't that the thing? Like, <laughs> well-being is actually work. And I don't know what's happened. I think we've been sold that it's less, like pretty, uh, easy, fun thing to do. Oh my goodness, it's not. Some of the best things I've done for my well-being or not even best, most impactful have been a lot of work. Whether it's Oh, expanding my understanding of self through coaching and psychology sessions and journaling or um, whether it's been building new habits around going to bed early and having to communicate that with my partner because it impacts him as well or looking at how I work and using a scheduling tool for daily tasks and trying to get better at deep work so that I don't waffle and waste the day. Whatever it is, it's not easy. Uh, it does require hard work. And today's episode is not shying away from that. Today's episode is really going to stretch you in terms of the hard work that needs to be done if we're looking at improving workplace well-being. Um, I think like through a lens of how we work, really, the idea that it's not just about what we do uh, in terms of those more subjective feel-good factors, but really around how we work. And that's what I want to talk about today because, gosh, I'm, I'm going to talk specifically about schools, but it may be relevant to your workplace if you're not a, an educator. And I know, my goodness, I'm yawning, sorry. Um, huh. <laughs> As, you know, I, that's a moment where I think, should I edit my podcast? But I ain't got time for that, so no. Um, and I also I'm thinking some of you probably yawned at the same time then, so... That's what happens. Um, I digress. Let's go back. Uh, whether you're an educator or not, I'm going to talk about schools specifically in this example. And there are going to be, no doubt, some things that you can transfer to your space. I talked about yawning so much, I've wasted time. Let's go. So there is no denying or shying away from the fact that there are a lot of pieces that are required to work well in a school, to function well, to operate well, not just as an employee or someone who works there or an educator, but uh, as a school, as a whole organisation. And that requires many cogs, you know, many pieces to a puzzle, many turning, moving parts. And when these cogs work well, when the puzzle pieces line up, we have this beautiful effortless way of working, you know, things flow and things dance with one another. And what that does is it creates 
an easeful energy. You know, things just move like a, a butterfly that floats past or um, I'm thinking of those, um, we used to call them Santa Clauses, but I don't know if that's what they're called, those things that float in the wind, almost like tumbleweed, you know, it just floats by effortlessly. And when all of the cogs work well in a school, when all of the puzzle pieces go together, there's this effortless ease that exists. But right now, I'm not sure there's much happening with effortless ease. I am talking to so many school leaders and educators, whether it's PD, whether it's conversation, whether I'm at conferences in different capacities. And how many puzzles are we creating right now? How many cogs are turning? I feel like it's an immense amount. There's an overload. I feel like rather than looking at your school as it being one puzzle, there's lots of puzzles happening at once and pieces are getting taken from one puzzle and put into another and cogs are jamming and something stopping something else and we just don't have that effortless ease anymore. And I mean, we could say it's because the curriculum's crowded, it's because of COVID, it's because there's an increasing number of student need. And whilst all of those things might be true, the teacher shortage, of course, um, not having staff, you know, we can we could probably keep going with that. It actually doesn't matter because that's the reality. And so we can sit in a space of, well, it's all of these things and, you know, it's awful and they need to change. But the reality is they're not changing right now. We can only change what we can change. And that means looking at our own puzzle we're creating and asking what role does this piece of the puzzle play? What role does this cog play here? Does it play a role that serves us? Are we trying to squeeze it in, but actually it doesn't fit? Are we doing it because that's the way we've always done it? Or are we doing this because it actually serves a purpose? Or are we doing it actually, and we don't know why. And the reason I want you to consider this is because when we're talking about well-being, we're very closely talking about energy. And what I'm finding right now is that educators and people who work in schools have very little energy. There's a sense of go, 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 of always reacting, of uh, just waiting for something to appear in your inbox or not even waiting, trying to get through one thing and something else arrives. And so we have a system-wide depletion of energy because we're not being efficient in the cogs that we're using and we're not asking what puzzle is it we're trying to create here. And so it's like a labyrinth at the moment of competing priorities, of different people with different agendas, of different areas of need. And whilst this is partly how schools are because they are puzzles of their own and we do have interconnected pieces, we have to also understand that we need to find a, a duality of the cogs. We need to find a balance. We need these diverse elements, but we also need to know when do we step back from each piece? When do we actually ask, is it time to build a new puzzle? Is it time to find a new cog? It's looking at, are we being efficient and are we being effective with what we're doing here? Are we using our energy well, or are we just going through the motions, hoping eventually it'll slow down, which I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not naturally going to happen. It's not. We have to do this work. This is the work of well-being. This is the get your hands dirty piece. We actually need to pause. We need to take a breath, not just on what we're doing, not just to slow down, but to consider our actions. So I'm not talking about pausing and taking a breath for rest, although I'm sure that's invaluable as well and probably needed by many, me included. 
because I'm yawning yet again, (laughs) um, what I'm talking about is pressing pause and taking a step back and giving yourself the space to reflect on how your actions are shaping your experience. Is what you're doing serving a purpose? Is what you're doing allowing you to grow? Is what you're doing meeting an outcome? Or is this perhaps an ineffective system? Is this something that needs a system to support it? Is it something we need to operationalize that we haven't? Or are we going through the motions reacting because we haven't stopped to consider a way of working? And I see this all of the time. You see, so much of well-being is about not just addressing the symptom of stress, overwhelm or burnout, but actually looking at the cause. This is what I spend a lot of time doing, going into schools and workplaces and looking at causes. And what that means is getting into the nitty gritty of how things function and operate. And in schools, we're guilty of adding more and just doing things because it's always been the way we've done it. We don't actually consider if or how or when we operationalize something, the impact it's going to have on our resources in terms of time, energy and people. Like, do we have the capacity to keep all of the cogs turning and to add more cogs? Do we have the capacity to be able to actually create a puzzle with all of the pieces needed or, or do we not? And if we don't, you know, if we can't do this anymore, and I, I really encourage you to think about perhaps what are some of the things that you're doing just because you've lost the purpose of it um, and asking yourself, do we still need it? We may need to take some things away and it's absolutely okay because right now what I want to encourage you to do is to consider not getting caught up in adding more but asking what do we need and focusing on one thing, one thing at a time. In schools we have this desire to want to do it all all at once and usually that means in January as well Uh, and we have different leaders with different priorities and we have different people asking, can you just do this one thing for me? But it's not one thing when 20 people are asking you to do one thing. And so as a whole organisational piece in regards to your school and how you work, what is the one thing? This is what I'd really encourage you to think about. And if you're not a leader, if you're an educator, I'd get you to think about what is that one thing that you can work on, whether it is for your students, whether it's around planning, whether it's around organization. It's not all of the things all at once. It's asking what is that one thing that's going to have the biggest return on investment? And that investment might actually not be student outcomes, That investment might be energy. It might be how you feel. It might be how your staff feel. This is a really key thing to consider. You know, what if instead of making decisions based on student outcomes, we started making decisions based on do our staff have capacity for this? We need to start looking at what we do in school in terms of our actions through a lens of not just is this good for my students, but is it good for my staff? And Individually, we need to do this as well. Not just is this good for my students or is this good for the work I do, but is it good for me? And this can be hard because we want to say yes to everything. We want to do all of the things. We want to have all of the cogs and the pieces and the moving parts. But the reality is in so many spaces, what I'm seeing is that this way of thinking, which impacts how people work, is not sustainable. It's not a sustainable way to think because it becomes too much for our cognitive load and it's not a sustainable way to work because we can't maintain all of the actions needed to to work like this 
And so we have to start asking different questions. We actually have to step back and ask ourselves, you know, where do I want to head or where do we want to head as a school? What are we trying to create? Who do we want our students to be? Who do we want our staff to be? How do we want them to feel? Um, what impact do we want to have? And with these questions comes the ability to ask, so if that is our truth, if that is our case, then what do I need to do? What, what pieces of the puzzle and cogs do we need to keep? What do we need to discard? What do we need to bring in and do completely differently? Because although our inclination in schools is to add more because more is better, right? That's not the truth. You know, we mistake this, this idea of busyness for progress. The busier I am, the better I'm working, the more ahead I'm getting, but actually no. And we think movement means momentum, that the more we're moving, the more we're doing, the more we're moving forward. And that also is not accurate. What we need to consider is when we continually add, what we're doing is often adding pieces that don't fit, that don't work together, that don't support, that don't align. You know, sometimes they can be conflicting. They can see us pull our time or energy in different spaces. And so, again, it's not about adding more. It's not about throwing more at. It's not about saying, hey, where is our deficit and let's fill the gaps. It's actually what is this one thing we need to do right now based on what it is we're trying to create, who we want to feel and be, and the impact we want to have? What is that one thing? Now, I know that this may be hard to swallow or sit with because part of it is around um, definitely pausing. Part of it is definitely around saying, hey, um, perhaps we don't need to do all of the things. And, yeah, I get it. It's not a, it's it's not easy. I was in a school recently and I asked the staff, you know, and I've asked this of many, we talk about we're overwhelmed, we talk about workload intensification, we talk about it being too high. So let me ask you, what would you de-implement? What would you take away? And it's hard to name, but we have to start considering this. We have to start asking this. We have to be okay with considering the opportunity that we may have to de-implement some tasks we may and does that mean we don't care does that mean we don't want to do great things for our students does that mean we don't absolutely love what we do no no it doesn't it just means that right now we're considering things through a different different lens of not just what is good for our students but do we have the energetic capacity to be able to take on new things what is sustainable for us and what supports not just the students of our school but also our staff and how we work and so in a landscape right now that is cluttered, where priorities are definitely competing for attention, educated, education evolution is often student-centered. But I really want you to consider how do we evolve education for our educators? It's, it's such an important question right now. And what this is going to require us to do is pause to really embrace patience, which I know in our setting is not something we're great at because we're so used to go, go, going, getting comfortable with stillness. I've had to learn this myself, but I also have noticed where I've been having these conversations, people in tables or rooms are uncomfortable with this. You know, it's uncomfortable to say, hey, pause, be patient, slow down. It's not about 20 things at once. We're going to be okay here. You know, this, this is tricky because it's not a space that we're used to sitting in and 
with that comes an uncomfortableness of our being, of ourself, of our identity. But we have to be able to do this. We have to be able to pause. We have to be able to slow down. We have to be able to be patient. Oh my goodness, this requires patience. And it requires us too to redefine what success looks like. What does successful working look like? What does uh, someone who's working hard look like in terms of task or output or building momentum, not just movement? And so when we're talking about things like well-being, stress and burnout, we have to consider the pieces of the puzzle that contribute to this. Uh, And if we don't, if we continue adding, if we continue having competing uh, visions or strategy or areas of need in a school, if we continue throwing different pieces down and, and trying to force them together when they actually don't, what we have are settings or workplaces or people who are confused about what matters most, who are in survival mode, who are actually working inefficiently because they don't know where to put their energy. And so they don't know what success or accomplishment feels like. And again, this is not about trying to find superficial fixes because our inboxes are full. It's about looking at the exact cause and asking, do we have a way of working around this? Do we need to actually stop doing this? Or do we need to do something different? So I want to invite you into this challenge. I want you to really look at the pieces of your puzzle. And I want you to ask yourself, you know, what picture are you trying to create here? What's necessary and what can you get rid of? What are you holding on to that actually just doesn't fit anymore? You know, we want to hold on to things because they're who we were or it's what we've always done. But actually, do they even resonate with our vision anymore? Or are you holding on to an outdated script? This is crucial to ask because when we go down this path of change, it's not about putting all of the pieces of the puzzle together at once. It's about placing each piece down mindfully and asking, is this a piece we want to add? And with this, we actually get to focus on one thing at a time. This is something that applies to literally creating a puzzle or building a puzzle, doing a puzzle, but also to the journey of change. And so sustainable change hinges on this idea of doing one thing at a time and doing it well, really consciously making a choice about what pieces of the puzzle you choose to add and ensuring that they align with your ideals and your vision and who you want to create and the bigger picture. So I really want you to embrace this idea that it's one thing and it's one piece at a time. It's not all all at once which means pausing and stepping back, not from doing, but stepping back from our daily actions and considering them through a lens of does this support who we are, but also does it support the well-being of staff? I mean, we are right on the edge of a huge educational transformation, which is exciting. It's so exciting, but it's not just about adding more pieces or even taking pieces away. It's about the focus we have to what we're doing with intent putting our energy into single pieces, single coals, nurturing it before moving it to the next. I understand it's slow, but it's a potent strategy. It's a slow yet potent strategy and a journey that embodies the essence of sustainable, impactful change. And that is what we need right now. This is what we need. We need to do one thing at a time, not 20 things poorly, not multiple leaders of 
of pedagogy or innovation or curriculum or maths or science, all with different ideas and different ways of working, separate from well-being of staff or students, but bringing it all together to say, hey, does this align with the vision we create as a school? Does this piece of the puzzle fit? Is this the right one thing to focus on? I know everyone else thinks their thing is as urgent as someone else's, but when we all come together to look at it through a lens of it doesn't matter whose who's piece may appear more important, objectively we have to be able to stay, take a step back and consider the actions that go behind it. Does it align with our whole school, our whole workplace? Does it support the well-being of staff? Does it support what we're trying to create? Let's do that one thing well and integrate it before we move on to the next. As I mentioned, this forms so much of the work that I do right now. And gosh, it's hard sometimes. I won't lie to you. It's like, I mean, it's fun and it's exciting and I love it. But even the initial conversations are hard. Being able to identify things are hard. The pausing and patience to actually uh knowing that this is a slow journey but hard work at the same time is is challenging in our space when we're used to going so fast so i get it but we are right on the edge here of creating something amazing in our schools and i think we can do this i have so much hope but i also have so much evidence right now that schools are starting to look different and if we can learn this if we can master the art and science of well-being through pausing and taking a step back not just to rest, but to reflect, to really start to scrutinize how we work and operate, we can have a huge difference. We can make a huge difference. We can have huge impact. I, I have no doubt about that. So I'm going to leave you with that, wonderful people. Um, I'm going to catch up with you later, I'm sure, on another episode. But if you have any questions, insights, whatever it might be, please let me know. Uh, but otherwise, I will no doubt see you sometime soon, uh, whatever day of time of day is for you morning evening night have a great one and i will definitely be connecting into this space again as you know most weeks to have more of these conversations but i just think this is exciting now is the right time to create change all right have a wonderful day evening morning night whatever time of day is and i will see you somewhere soon bye Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It was an absolute delight to have you here. If you want to learn more about the work I do in the wellness strategy, whether it's for your own personal well-being or professional and workplace well-being, the best place to hang out with me is on LinkedIn. I share with you an immense amount of content, strategy, and information that's going to help you transform your well-being right now. So head over there. Simple LinkedIn, Amy Green. You should be able to find that. It's also in the show notes. And if you need anything else, I'm across all other social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm even trying out TikTok. So you never know where this is going to go. But thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you need anything at all, you can always send me an email. You can find me on those socials. But most importantly, just keep doing the work of well-being.